Good morning to everyone. I want to welcome you to our worship service this morning of the Bowen Church of Christ. We're so proud to see all of you this morning. Uh, I know we have visitors with us today, and we're certainly glad to have visitors. We welcome you anytime that you would like to come and worship with us. We're just excited for a beautiful morning today and to come and assemble together and worship today and enjoy being with each other. We deeply appreciate that. At this time, let us, uh, I, I do want to make one substitution here on the uh, morning assembly, song leader, uh, Jeremy Jones, opening prayer will be led by Brother Billy Martin. Scripture reading by Brother Levi Sweeney, and of course our lesson will be brought by Brother Ken Forrest, Brother Ronnie Johnson, in charge of the Lord's Supper, and Brother Todd Sweeney will make the announcements at the end. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the beautiful morning you blessed us with. We thank you, Father, that we're able to assemble here this morning. We're thankful for the privilege we have to worship. Father, with any time that we so desire that we can be free from anybody that would cause harm to us. We pray, Father, that uh, our nation can remain a free nation and we can always have the right to worship when we want to. And Father, we uh, thank you for this time that we have today. We pray for Brother Ken as he will come to bring us a lesson today. And Father, we have one student Ryan Thomas, that we'd like to remember in our prayer today, who's an 11th grade student at Wheeler, who has COVID and is in ICU in Le Bonner Hospital. We pray, Father, that you would be with those doctors that are treating him. We pray, Father, that he can soon recover from this and be back to a normal life. And Father, we thank you for all the blessings we have in this congregation. We pray you continue to be with us. And let us worship in a way that may be pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First song this morning will be number 155, Highest Place. Let's all sing together. We place you
so you come now, fount of every blessing. Come now, fount of every blessing. To my and pray together this morning. Our most gracious and loving Father, we bow in adoration of you, the great, true, living God. We are so thankful for all the many blessings of life, for all the spiritual blessings through your Son, Lord Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for all the many blessings for you, the Creator, the Creator of the heaven and earth. We're so thankful for all that you do for us. Father, we just pray today that we will smile and worship you in truth. Father, we lift up to you all those who are hurting at this time, all those who are suffering from the virus. We pray your blessings be upon them, upon their family. There are many, Father, on our hearts that are recovering from surgery, those who are anticipating surgery, we continue to Pray, Father, that you will use us in helping them in, in, in ways that only you can help us. Father, we pray for our study today. We just pray, Father, that our strength will, that our faith will be strengthened today, Father, and all that we do. We're just thankful we can sing praises to thee, Father, that we can petition thee in prayer, and that we can join in the communion, Father, of, the, of your Son, of his death. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless all the missionary efforts that we have here at the Boonville Church. 
We pray, Father, for Pineville Children's Home, for the new director. We are so thankful for all the children, for the house parents there, Father. We, again, just pray your blessings be upon them. Father, be with us through this day. We just pray, Father, that one day heaven will be our home and that we will be the heirs of your promises. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We'll sing uh, after the conclusion of the lesson number 924, Just As I Am, linked with I Come Broken. Uh, if you want Mark 924. Next we'll sing uh, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less, 538, and then we'll sing New Doxology after that. If you would, please stand with me and we'll sing these two songs together. My hope is built on nothing less Jesus
chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Good morning, church. It's terrific to see you. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Wasn't it exhilarating to have the cooler temperatures come in? I hope it stays this way. If, if I can be selfish that way, that's the way I'll be. I love this, and I love being here today to participate in worship with you. I, I have some things here that I want to share with you, and then we'll have our prayer. And after that, we'll begin our study together from God's Word. What Larry mentioned in his prayer a moment ago is of concern, especially to a couple of our members here. Melanie Sweeney and Stephen Hodgen, they teach Ryan Thomas. He is an 11th grader. He is in the ICU at Le Bonheur with COVID complications. That virus, we're kind of taking it for granted a little bit now, right? get a vaccine, go on your way. Don't wear a mask. Rarely we see social distancing. If you see the games that are going on today, stadiums filled with over 100,000 people. But that belies the fact that there are people still getting very, very sick. So we're gonna pray for him again, that God's will will be done, and we're praying that he'll recover and. You have in your own experience just as much as Anita and I do people that are very close to you, probably who have experienced very serious complications with this latest round of the virus. So I'm just praying we get through it intact and that God will continue blessing us. And then a second thing I wanted to mention to you was that there were a couple of baptisms this week. A lot of people work together to make this happen. But today we're gonna to pray for Donna and for Robin in the walk that they have chosen to take with Jesus. And over several weeks of, well, I guess, long distance study, these two ladies who are imprisoned determined that they wanted to have their sins washed away. And through many tears and much regret they were encouraged to know that God 
in their obedience to the gospel would wash away every sin, including those sins that had resulted in their incarceration. I'll tell you what. Some of us obey the gospel from what I would say are, I don't know, this is probably not fair, but I'd say from lesser concerns. I mean, we know we're sinners, and we probably could mention them, and others would just identify with us. But these ladies had committed such sin that society said they needed to be locked up. And yet, even, even in that condition of sin, their sins could be washed away. And they could enjoy the same promise of salvation that you enjoy if Jesus washed your sins away too. I just, I rejoice in that. I really do. So let's have our prayer for these. And I know there's so many others. I encourage you to get the bulletin and, and look at that list. And if you need more people to pray for, I, I got a big list personally I can share with you. And if you'd like more details about these two ladies, see me after services today. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful to you that we have this privilege to be able to assemble here and to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray, Father, that today as we consider your word, that we will understand just how privileged it is to be in a state of salvation, to have had our sins washed away, and to enjoy every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Lord, I rejoice that Robin and Paula obeyed the gospel this week. I rejoice that the blood is so powerful that it can wash away any transgression if we will submit ourselves. I thank you beyond my capability to express it, how grateful I am, how grateful all of us are today to think about Jesus and the sacrifice he made to set us free from our sins. And I thank you, Lord, any time a soul is saved to remind us of just how precious our salvation really is. Lord, help us never, ever to take that for granted, to rejoice daily in our salvation. I also pray, Father, for Ryan Thomas, who is so sick that he has to be hospitalized. I pray, Father, that the treatment he receives will result in his healing. And I pray for patience with the family if this is a long-term situation, but I do pray for progress. And Lord, our hearts are filled with names of people either due to this virus or some other affliction that are sick or injured or recovering. And Lord, we pray for their healing too. But we are also thankful, not only for our salvation, but for the privilege we have to come before you, the creator of all things, and to have every confidence that you hear us and that you will act and you will always do what's right. Thank you, Father, for that.
Thank you now, Lord, for our time together as we study your word. And I pray, Lord, that you will help me to communicate in the best way I can what your word is expressing to us today. And Lord, even those things that I do not say, I pray in our review of these scriptures that those lessons that need to be heard by this group of people today will be heard despite my efforts. Thank you for all that you're able to do through the living and powerful word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll make this declaration. You read about Jesus in the scriptures. You just read about the incredible blessings that come to us, spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that come as a result of being in Christ. Jesus Christ was no phantom. He isn't something that was just created in somebody's imagination to make us feel better about our circumstances. Jesus was real. And as pertains to Jesus, Jesus knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He came from the Father eternally, and he would go back to the Father. But in the intervening period, he would dwell with us. He would take on human flesh. He would be tempted like we are. When John described Jesus' coming, he described it this way. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. In verse 14 of John chapter 1, John says that that Word we just talked about, that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, Jesus knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. John 16, verse 28. Jesus came from glory with the full expectation that he would return to glory. John chapter 17, verse 5. And as pertains to that relationship with mankind and what he gave up, the Apostle Paul expressed it this way in Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. He said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everything Jesus did pointed back to the Father and elevated him to new heights. 
Jesus would be the Lamb of God to take away all the sin of the world, and that glory would be God's, because it was God's plan from the very foundation of the world. It's not shocking, I don't guess, that when you read a statement like you find in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, that Jesus is the very embodiment of the fullness of the Godhead. That if, if you and I, we have come to a place in our lives where we aspire to be spiritual people, th that is when we get full and then sick of what the world offers and we want more, we want something better. We want to be transformed into something that is worthwhile, something that is fit for eternity. It, it, makes, it makes absolute sense that we would seek something like Jesus that represents the fullness of the Godhead. Everything that God represents being realized in Jesus. And so there's this text from Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise and the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to the good pleasure which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might bring together in one all things which are in Christ. Everything mounted together spiritually being realized in Jesus Christ. I don't know how you wrap your head around things like that, because that is just an amazing concept. I know that Jesus told us, for instance, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, that if we wanted to get to the Father, we were going to have to go through Him. But here in this text, it is just more than that. It's more than just simple access to the Father. He says that in Jesus Christ is absolutely every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 verse 3. What would you think that entails? I guess maybe the first thing I would think of would be what we talked about a moment ago. With those girls who obeyed the gospel. The forgiveness of sins. I guess I could stop right there and I could just, you know, spend the day relishing the blessing of having my sins forgiven. That was kind of what happened on the day of Pentecost, right? When they wanted to know what to do to be saved, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, they were told to repent and be baptized to every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In Jesus, ah, oh, there is forgiveness. The removal, the casting away of the sins that I have committed. All of the guilt and the shame associated with those sins, the transgression against God's will, knowing that I had so displeased God now, have been lifted the burden of my soul. Forgiveness is just an amazing spiritual blessing.
But then, having been forgiven, you know the idea of just having peace with God? Because you know as well as I do, up unto that time that you were buried in that water and had your sins washed away, there was just that desperate sense that I am lost. And until my sins are washed away, I'm separated from God. But right there, like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There is no psychologist in the world that can remove the guilt from your burdened soul like the knowledge that you have been forgiven of your sins and you are at peace with God, which then necessarily lends itself to the spiritual blessing of hope. And that is hope of heaven. Now, biblical hope is not like worldly hope. Worldly hope is kind of like that pie-in-the-sky mentality. I'm wishing for something to be with no real understanding of how it's going to be. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is both desire and expectation. It's expectation because it is based on the promises of God, and God always fulfills His promises. So when I'm trusting for a future that God has promised, it is assured. And in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, when it speaks of our hope, it describes it as an anchor of the soul. It's sure and steadfast, and he describes it as going into the presence behind the veil. That's just some symbolism to describe the fact that our hope is vested in Jesus, who is right there with God. I mean, our access to God not only brings that peace that we desire, but it gives us absolute hope and a promise of a future. And then I think about our access to the Father. You know, now that I'm good with God, I can be with Him. I can speak with Him. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says that His eyes are over the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers. I know that God is watching over me, and I know that He hears the desperations that come out of my soul. And I know that I can have fellowship with Him, and that's significant. You remember from John chapter 1, when we described Jesus coming into the world, that He was light in the midst of darkness. So he is calling us out of darkness into his light. Well, in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, those of us who are enjoying this relationship in Jesus Christ, the scripture says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, literally continues to cleanse us from all sin. Listen, on a scale of spiritual blessings, isn't that way up there? To know that, yeah, I'd been separated from my sins, having had them washed by the blood of Jesus, but here is the promise that if I'll keep walking in that light as He's in the light, then I can have the continual cleansing of the sin out of my life. What a, what, what a blessing. 
And I know, given those circumstances, that there has been a reconciliation. In Romans chapter 8 says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me or set me free from the law of sin and death. I was under sin and death, right? I was responsible to myself, but now I've been washed by the blood of Jesus and that blood is continuing to cleanse and continuing to make possible my fellowship so that there is therefore now no condemnation. I love that. I know that I have been, for instance, delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I know that by virtue of having my sins washed away, that my name has been written in heaven. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. I know that I have been united with Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 26 and 27. In the sense that... You and I, we are the body of Jesus Christ. And by virtue of being the body, we are the church. And I know, here's another great blessing, one that just ought to thrill our souls, is that when we obey the gospel, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the scripture says that the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. The scripture says also in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. You and I, just like Jesus was giving God glory, you and I in the life we're living, we're doing the same. And in turn, not only does he promise the blessings of this life, those spiritual blessings, some of which we enumerated, but we haven't really touched the hem of the garment. So also he extends it to a future circumstance. And he says, let me tell you what, you also by being in Jesus Christ also have an inheritance. First Peter chapter one, verses three, four and five speaks to that inheritance. It says, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who were kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. When's it coming? the last time. Oh, it's ready to be revealed. So hang in there. You got these spiritual blessings. It's going to take you right there to that inheritance. But would you just, would you just talk to me about that inheritance for a minute? That thing that I'm living for? Man, I love to. He says that it's incorruptible. That means it, it doesn't decay. Maybe you've received some kind of inheritance. I don't know. I've never really received a bulk inheritance. You know, that kind that raises you into another tax bracket or something like that. But I have in my lifetime received really what amounts to just some mementos from people that passed on. They're precious to me, but probably worthless to anybody else. 
But even with time, I've noticed that those things that I've been given, they, they decay. And as much as I want to maintain them because they have sentimental value to me, eventually they break or they get to where you just wouldn't carry them in public. They still mean something to you, but they're material things. They, they tarnish, they wear. He says that as regards our spiritual inheritance, our eternal inheritance in heaven, it's not going to do that. It's incorruptible. It does not decay. It reminds me that we've been born again, not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the seed that was planted in us that resulted in us becoming Christians, that, that grew and flowered to maturity, that very same thing is founded on a word of God that's not ever going to perish. So what I have in Jesus Christ isn't going anywhere. That part of it is, it's eternal. It'll never decay. It's not just incorruptible, it's undefiled. That means that it doesn't get dirty. You ever had somebody give you something that was white and you thought, thank you? <laughs> well, at least I would do it that way because immediately I'm thinking, how am I going to keep this thing clean? You know, it's going to get dirty. I'm just, I'm not good at keeping stuff. My dad used to say, if there was a bucket of tar a mile away from me, I would get into it. I mean, that's just messy, you know? I just get in messes. I can only imagine. Anything you give me, you better just go ahead and think, well, I'm hoping it's going to be as good or better when I get it back because after all, this is Ken. He's messy. This inheritance that we have, it, it's not like that. It doesn't get dirty. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 27 of all places, that text says that in heaven... There is nothing that is defiled. He says, nor is there any abomination or anything that would cause an abomination or anything that would cause a lie. He says, because here's what's in heaven. Those whose names are written in the book of life. Okay, there it is. You say, well, how am, I going to how am I going to live for God there? How am I going to remain pure? How am I going to stop? God's got that all figured out. He's going to have you surrounded by people who are going to cheer you on in heaven. You know, heaven's going to be a wonderful place, pure in its application, what we're striving for here on the earth. We're trying to be unified, but we just, you know, we have attitudes sometimes and we bump heads, but not in heaven. Heaven's going to be that place where the defiled, that stuff that decays and gets dirty, it's not going to be there. Abominations, lies, that stuff gone. You can just be certain that the people who are there belong there. He says it's not only incorruptible, undefiled. He says it doesn't fade away. It doesn't wash out. As something that's freshly painted, eventually the sun will take the color away from it. We, we understand that. It's good one day, it's not as good the next, lasts a few years, and then it's replaced. Not your stuff in heaven. That is permanent. It's perpetually new. Let's put it that way. But here's the thing I love about it. That which is incorruptible, undefiled, and doesn't fade away, the text says is reserved in heaven for you. Now that's more than just a reservation like you might have for a hotel room. 
have you ever had the experience where you reserved your room, you got your confirmation number, you're all confident, you get up to the desk, you say, hey, you've been waiting on me, Ken Forrest, ready to check in, ding. And I don't know if it's because I was so irritating that way, but they're like, whoops, sorry, who? Oh, we don't have a record of that. All right, got this right, confirmation, right? Don't know. Um, do you know who you talked with? You ever had an experience like that where somehow or other it just got misplaced? Things happen. This idea of our inheritance being reserved there carries with it the idea of its protection. It's locked in. You do not have to worry about it. And here's the thing with me. As regards that inheritance that we have locked in and protected in heaven, when you get there, you ought not be surprised at what you find. Because you have, haven't you? You have been living your life in such a way as to prepare for that place for eternity. Let me describe it this way, like Jesus did. It was a warning, but it really gets to the idea of our preparation of the place. Matthew 6, 19 and following. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Rather, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know what you've been doing. You know the life that you've been living for Jesus. It ought not surprise us that when we get there, that that reservation has already been made. And what we have put in heaven as our treasure has been protected all along. Colossians chapter 3 says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. One day, we're going to see Him in His glory, but verse 4 of this text says us that also, we're going to be there with Him in that glory. Oh, we ought not at all be surprised at what we find in that place. And... Also, in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Verses 13 and 14. Again, who's glorified? Well, in this case, what he's done for us also glorifies him. But it's really keyed on one event. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, we find out, yeah, Christ was raised from the dead and He has become the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits, the promise of a resurrection for those who have died is vested in the one that is Jesus who was resurrected from the dead. And in verse 51, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So in this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal is put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That victory. You say, well, I've got that inheritance up there, incorruptible, undefiled, and doesn't fade away, but you also have that which is your vehicle for eternity. You are corruptible now, you'll be raised in incorruption. You are mortal now, you'll be raised in immortality, fashioned in such a way to live forever and ever. I just, I tell you what, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Being with the Lord forever and ever, now, who's protecting that for me? It's God Almighty Himself. And He's doing that because in Jesus Christ, you and I, we're not just, you know, in the church. Yeah, we're in the church, but not just the idea that there they are. You and I, we are individually, you and me, we are children of God. Wrap your brain around that. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen, you, you wonder, why do we have all these spiritual blessings? Is this just like a warehousing of things? No, you need those. You need those spiritual blessings to fall back upon as you go through the trials and the tribulations of this life. Because Satan is not happy. He doesn't want you saved for eternity. He wants you to be lost. And he wants you to succumb to all the temptations and the trials that he would send your way. He will afflict you. But in Jesus Christ, God has provided us with the means by which we can transcend a physical life and that we can glorify God forever and ever in the faithfulness that we experienced here to live with Him eternally. Again, I just can't wait. But there is the expectation that I'm not just sitting around on a pew waiting for that to happen. As long as I am living and breathing, I am growing toward that end. And again, I'm not taking anything for granted so I'm going to start with faith, but I'm going to add to it so that I can have an absolute assurance of heaven. If ever you walked into a conversation where the question about your eternal uh, situation comes up and someone says, I, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm going to heaven or not. Listen, you can absolute, absolutely know for sure whether or not you are going to be saved. Right here in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, you have everything you need to know about maintaining your salvation. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, 
you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here it is in a nutshell. If you will keep adding these graces to your faith, throughout the accomplishment of your life, whether that's one more day or 20 more years, if you will do that, he says, you don't have a thing to worry about. And not only do you have nothing to worry about, he says that you will enter into heaven in an abounding sort of way. It'll be like you walk up to the gates of heaven and kick the doors right open because they're waiting for your presence. It's like a gray reunion in the sky. We were expecting you. I'll tell you what's the truth. Every single spiritual blessing, every single one, what you're living now, what you're expecting to come, even that which pertains to the means of our resurrection, every spiritual blessing is in Jesus Christ. Okay, so as we're going through all that, you, you heard it in, in Ephesians 1, it's like every other breath you take. He talks about being in Christ. All of these other texts that we brought in that talk about what it is to be in Christ, on and on and on and on. It may be that in the back of your mind, you are asking this question. Well, how do I get into Christ? You know, if you want me to have all this, how do I get into Christ? Well, that's a simple thing. I'll give you one text of scripture from Galatians chapter 3, beginning verse 26. For you all have faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. He said there in verse 27 that to get into Christ you have to be baptized. When you're in Christ, you put on Christ. That is the culmination of centuries, millennia of the planning on the part of God. In which an original promise, which was formulated before the world was even begun, resulted in salvation being available in one seed. And that will be Jesus. When you're baptized into Jesus Christ, you enter into Christ. You become a part and parcel to the promises of God. You become that person who is spiritually blessed, has every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Today, maybe you're not a child of God. You see what it is to be in Christ? How could you ever pass that up? It has eternal consequences. Why don't you obey the gospel today? If you're a child of God already, you stumbled Let's enjoy the privilege of having that blood wash those sins away again through your confession and repentance. If there's anybody who needs to respond, why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing.
container with the bread and the juice, just hold your hand and one of our ushers will, uh, will bring it to you as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. You know, this is to help us remember our Lord Jesus Christ, His body and His blood that He shed for us. And I know for me, when I think of him and I think what he did for us, I think of him hanging there on the cross in that terrible pain and agony that that must have been, but yet he is willing to do that for us. As we go to the Lord in prayer, remembering the bread, let's clear our minds of everything but that body that we are remembering. Father in heaven, we come to thee at this time so very thankful of your son, Jesus Christ, and his willingness to do your will and to shed his body and his blood so that we might have the hope of eternal life. Father, as we partake of this bread, help us to do it in such a way that would honor you and would meet the criteria that you want us to meet, that we would remember him. 
We ask this in his precious name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. He told his apostles as they took the first Lord's Supper to take the fruit of the vine and to remember his blood that he would shed for them and eventually would turn into shedding for us that we might have eternal life. Let's pray for that blood and for his remembrance. Father, we pray for the blood that Jesus so willingly shed that through the giving of his blood that that could wash away through the act of baptism our sins and that we could have the hope of eternal life with you in heaven. Father, help us to do this in a manner that would be pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, we want to take this time to uh, remember to give our contributions to the Lord. Several ways to do that. Uh, I always put mine in a collection plate at the back, but I'm sure on the screen behind me there's several ways that you can do that. So uh, let's pray for our uh, blessings that God gives us that we will return some back to Him. Father in heaven, we thank you for our jobs, for all the ways that we have of, of making money and having a living. Father, we thank you that you've allowed us to be raised and live in a time of prosperity, that we have more physical blessings than most anybody has ever had that lived on this earth. Father, just help us to be the kind of people that we will know that these blessings come from you and that they're yours and that we need to give back a portion of that. As we do this, Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, one quick announcement regarding Lance the Leader's song leading, song, leading, uh, song leading and songs of praise. Uh, those students that were interested in participating in that, we're going to have our first workshop this morning immediately following services in the TAC. This is specifically for those that are third grade through 12th um, participants, but if you are an adult, parent, anybody that's interested in, in just learning a little bit more about singing, we welcome you to attend this with us. Again, this is specific for our last leader song leading songs of praise, including the winner's circle. Uh, so we'll be meeting in the TAC immediately following services. Thank you. Good morning. Glad you're here with us this morning. If you are visiting with us, we invite you to come back at any opportunity that you have. Uh, I have several announcements in addition to our bulletin this morning. As always, be mindful of the prayer list 
that is in that bulletin. And for the benefit of those that may be listening or viewing at home, I'm going to go over these uh, announcements in the bulletin. Uh, I'd remind everyone you're invited to a retirement reception honoring Jim Estes today at 3 o'clock until 4.30 in the Annex. Also, if you'd like to help with the adoption celebration in honor of Ella and Rory Claire Brumley, please meet in the little chapel immediately following morning worship. Uh, last, the leaders, song leading and songs of praise will meet following morning services in the TAC. This will be the first class of our song leading workshop. This is for all participants in grades 312, including Winter Circle. Anyone else interested in learning more about Congregational singing and leading is also welcome to come. Uh, also a reminder, devotional at the Landmark Nursing Home and Rehab is today at 4 o'clock. If you're willing to help with this ministry, please see Jim Estes. Uh, Area-wide is tonight at West Corinth. Uh, the bus will be leaving from the TAC around 4.15. This is for 7th through 12th graders. And also the giant clothing giveaway is October the 23rd at uh, 9 a.m. And also, uh, JT asked me, if you will, when you look at the back, there's flyers that are in the foyer. Uh, he asked that uh, you get some of those and pass them out in your community. Help is needed Friday at 9 a.m. at the closed closet. Also, help will, will be needed Saturday for the giveaway. You need to be here at 8 o'clock if you can help with that, if you'll see JT today. Also, the K through sixth grade will have a group trip to the Pumpkin Patch in the Blue Mountain community on October 23rd. Sign up in the foyer if you plan to go. Admission is $11 per person. Please bring cash. We will pay as a group. You need to see Guy or Amelia Garner if you need more info on this. And also, the Lads to Leaders registration is due today, and that today is in bold print, so obviously that's important. If you hadn't taken care of that, please uh, try to take care of that today. And the FHUA will meet this coming Thursday evening at 7 o'clock in the Annex. And also, ladies, you're invited to a wedding shower in honor of Olivia Blancett. She's a former member with us. That's Sunday, October the 24th from 2 to 3.30 at the East Main Church of Christ in Tupelo. Uh, she is registered with Amazon and BB&B. &B. Also, the food pantry item this week is pork and beans. We had 275 in attendance this morning. I do have a card of thanks. It says, words absolutely cannot express how thankful I am for the members of the Boonville Church of Christ. Thank you so much for the cards I have received, but most importantly for the prayers lifted up to the Lord on my behalf. I know God heard each and every one of them, and they are a big part of, make, of me making it this far. I still have a long road ahead with my recovery, Continue to pray for me in Christian love, David Yates. Also, I've been asked to, uh, to remind those to add to a prayer list, the family of Amy Albert, who died this morning. Uh, they're close friends of the James Hester family. She had visited with us several times. Uh, her children, Josh and Belle, attended here and were baptized here. She was known for giving out uh, pictures with Bible verses on them. She also supplied those pictures to Marilyn Martin for our correspondence course ministry, so be sure you keep that family in your prayers. And also, as been mentioned already this morning, Ryan Thomas, he's an 11th grade student at Wheeler. Uh, Melanie and Stephen both have him in, in class, and he is a classmate of Levi, so please keep that family in your prayers. 
That's all the announcements I have. If you'll bow with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we're so thankful for the opportunity we've had to come and worship you in song and praise this morning. Father, we're so thankful for your church here at Boonville, its leaders, its preachers, its many members. Father, we ask you to continue to lead and direct all of us in a way that would be pleasing unto thee. Father, we have several who are going through difficult times, through illness and through death, and we ask that you lift them up. Father, especially the Ryan Thomas family, we ask you to be with his family and help them continue to lead on you. Be with his doctors and those that care of him, be with him, and help him to make it through this difficult time. Father, we're so thankful for Emily and Tyler this morning for coming before men and confessing their sins and asking for forgiveness, Father. Help us to do our part to continue to encourage them that they may live in a way that would be so pleasing unto thee. Most of all, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross, that we might have forgiveness of our sins and opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through his precious name I pray. Amen.